What is up, guys and gals? Welcome to episode number 144 of the Nonsense Review. Yes, that's right, we have enough episodes to play Mahjong with. I am your host, as always, Devon, and joining me equally, as always, is Rick. Hello, everybody. I think 144 is also a gross, like a standard unit of measurement in imperial measurements. It might be. It might be. I ignore the math facts on Wikipedia because I try to find fun ones. Yep. <laughs> but yes, today we're doing something... Well, let's let's be honest, Rick. You've been kind of champing at the bit for, uh, for, for doing this because ever since you heard about it, you were like, let's do this, but we had to wait for it to come on Disney Plus in the UK. Yes, yes, yes. Haley's On It is touted as being the next Owl House of Disney traditional animation. I'm sure it won't live up to that hype, but I'm still interested to see how it goes, and, you know, there's 30-odd episodes in the universe that I want to uh, get done. (laughs) Is it really 30 episodes long so far? Yeah, yeah. Damn, I didn't even realise. I think over on the UK Netflix, we've only got like 12 episodes so far. (laughs) Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, those of you who are familiar with the show, familiar with the podcast, know that what we like to do before we jump into the review itself is we like to briefly talk about our weeks and the goings-on in the wide, wide universe. So with that in mind, Rick, how's your week been, buddy? Well, those of you watching on the podcast, oh, sorry, on the YouTube side, will see that we have new icons. Uh, these are the Christmas profile pictures done by one Estemir, uh, who goes by Sky Night Dreams on Twitter, and I think they're fantastic. I also think they're fantastic. Other things, as I alluded, Christmas has officially begun. Um, We've got our tree down. It's being decorated as we speak, pretty much. And it's been snowing, so we've got a white beginning of December. Yeah, you're you're weird, Rick, because you live up north, you get snow, we don't get fuck all down here. Oh, yeah. I finished Captain Laserhawk. Enjoyed oh, it. good, good, fucking good. Uh, in all of the artwork, I generally thought the uh, the the girl that Rayman was eating sushi out of was uh, a hyena, but she was in fact a cowgirl. Yeah, she was a cowgirl. And the only thing that I think was shoehorned in, out of everything, the only thing that felt forced was the Templar Order. I mean, it's just because, like, if you've ever played an Assassin's Creed game, it's just so boring. I don't think it was forced. It yeah. was just a boring twist because it wasn't really a twist. It was just like, oh yeah. Ubisoft, good job. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's always Templars. Yep. <laughs> and on the same token, I continued Scott Pilgrim, and as I left as a little comment on the last video, yeah, this is a different timeline. It's a completely different story, and is worth watching for old fans, and it will be interesting to see what new fans would think of it without knowing the original. Yeah, well, you told me literally the evening of that uh, it's been so long since you watched the movie, you forgot that Scott Pilgrim didn't actually get poofed in that scene. Yeah. Because uh, uh, in the original, he does get poofed right at the end, and I, I was I like conflated the two <laughs> and thought, oh man, okay, yeah, maybe he does have to do a bit more training. No, no, actually, he does just straight up bite it in that in that opening scene. The opening of the next episode is Knives, who is still a teenager, waking up because she couldn't make it throughout the entire concert and uh, being told that the bases have been punched to death and other things. The patch five for Baldur's Gate is now out with uh, a non-lethal way to recruit recruit Minthara. Allegedly, we don't know if that's accurate yet. It says in the uh, in the patch notes that if you knock out Minfara, she'll appear in Act 2. It doesn't say whether or not that there is now a good way of recruiting Minfara. We think that's what it means, but no one's done it yet because it came out yesterday. Yeah, it took me all of yesterday to update because I was basically running at one megasecond on the download. <laughs> oh yeah, and if you have a device that doesn't have 130 gigabytes of Baldur's Gate uh, of free data, uh, Larry and straight up said, yeah, so what you're going to have to do is delete Baldur's Gate 3 and re-download Baldur's Gate 3. 
Yeah, because they do the PlayStation 4 thing of, yeah, you have to have the full game worth of space because they copy it to a new place before deleting the old one. Well, it's, it's, it's something that... Uh, uh, here's the thing, right, is I appreciate that games are getting bigger because they're getting more beautiful and more intense. And in a few years' time, we will probably cut that down by half because that's how technology works. But yeah, yeah. boy, is it really fucking annoying to only be able to have one or two big games on your system at a time. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those that um, ray tracing is a big deal in video games, not because it makes things look good, but because it makes things look good just by computation and not having to, you know, have really intricate skins for things. Like, with ray tracing working properly, all you have to do is have models and colours, and then, like, it will do the rest in terms of how things are shaded and how things look. Sure. It's just one of those, like, I, I'm still blown away that Mortal Kombat uh, 1 is 5 gigabytes less in size than Baldur's Gate 3, which is fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> Bay made the LeBlanc curry, and it makes me want to try it. What, in real life you mean, or...? Yeah, yeah, she made it in real life. She made it for uh, some of her um, other senpais and kohais. And um, it includes such ingredients as red wine and coffee, which are not things that I would add to curry. But, uh, you know, apparently that's what was deemed to be uh, mathematically perfect in the story. And apparently it turns out actually pretty tasty. Sure. And Yorkshire Tea is now selling controllers. What, what, what do you mean? So they, for the PS5 and Xbox Series S and Series X, they're designed and printed by an NFT firm, Poppy Art, which, you know, is written out as Pop Art. They're 150 quid each. Ah, Yorkshire Tea says that they would, they would like for them to be cheaper, but the sheer logistics of the number of them that they've made means that they just couldn't reduce the price, which sounds a bit like a lie, but oh well. It also means people aren't going to fucking buy them. Yeah, if you want to spend two and a half times the price of a um, controller on a Yorkshire Tea branded controller, then yes, you can. <laughs> Do you know what? It would be cheaper to just stick a Yorkshire Tea sticker on your controller. Oh yeah, definitely. 100%. 100%. Like, <laughs> you could soak it in like tea that's been made and brewed and just like stay in the whole thing like tea coloured. That's gross. Um, well, alright. Or get one of those, I don't know, D-brand skins that, you know, you just stick on as a massive, really good ba- good quality sticker. But that's enough from me. Uh, how have you been and what have you seen out in the wide, wide world? Rick, our Storm King's uh, Thunder campaign ended. It did. Without any deaths, somehow. Well, you know, technically because the D&D system's silly, that's correct. However, morally, I believe the party probably would have suffered half casualties in reality. Oh, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Like, we were playing the D&D equivalent of Whack-A-Mole, where one character kept going down and he kept getting revived with, like, three health. Yes, I also purposefully nerfed the final boss in the sense that I took away and I let them use an ability once, and I let them use it again once again in the final encounter, in the final session of the final encounter, just because I was getting sick and tired of everyone popping back up. So I was like, this feels too mean. Then everyone kept getting back up, and I went, nah, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was true. That was correct. That was correct. That was the correct thing to do. Uh, Listen, I wasn't frustrated because at the end of the day, I want the story to end. I want the good guys to win. I want everyone to feel good about themselves. However, when the same two people keep getting rezzed every fucking turn and they're clutching it out with free HP, I start to get a bit, little bit like, hmm, maybe I should have been mean and hit him while he was down. Yep, and uh, yeah, the same, the same couple of characters just requiring life support to stop their critical existence failure. If I did that encounter again, I, I would have been more mean and I would have perma-killed people. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that's not what happened. The campaign ended on a high note. We had the little epilogue, which was the Queen uh, gifting things on behalf of her daughter because her daughter was still depressed at the death of her father and uncle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Alleged death. The player characters now have a town to start, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. It's basically going to be a hub for giant-related shenanigans. Not that it matters all that much. It's just a happy little high note to end the story on. That story's done. We're never going back. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, it exists as a setting. If we ever, if if I ever run something along the Swords Coast, I'll probably mention there being a town, and I might use the characters as NPCs. I mean, yeah, totally. But that's a big if. In other news, Rick, I bought WWE 2K23. Did you indeed? Okay. Yeah, it was twenty quid because of the Black Friday sale. So I went, ah, fuck it, why not? Uh, I didn't buy last year's game because it was, by all accounts, shit. This game is weird. There, it, it it plays a sound effect after every load screen and. I shit you not, that sound effect is the Bloodborne parry sound, and I don't know why it does it. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, but yeah, this game's really sucked me in. They brought back GM mode, and I've been playing the shit out of that. It's really fun. Yeah. They've got an array of people to pick as your general manager, including both Tyler Breeze and Xavier Woods. I know that might not mean much to you, but they... Um, fuck all. There you go. They have their own... Well, Xavier Woods runs the Up, Up, Down, Down channel, and him and Tyler Breeze have a long-running series of GM mode games. Back from SmackDown vs. Raw 2006, because that's the last game that fucking had it, apart from last year's game, but again, I didn't play that one and uh, they're available as GMs and Xavier Wood's special GM power is just called cheat code <laughs> and it just it, and oh it's great Tyler Breeze is, is uh, it recovers everyone's stamina by 20 because every time he does GM mode he gets completely fucking bollocked because <laughs> all of his wrestlers are banged up because he keeps putting them in hell in the cells every week <laughs> but yeah it's just fun and dumb I love it I've been enjoying the fuck out of it it's been eating far too much of my time because that GM mode is the definition of ah just one more turn yeah 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 totally 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 i was awake until 2 a.m last night rick where i was going one more turn one more turn one more turn looked at the time oh fuck i need to go to bed (laughs) you ready for some news yeah let's go a bit of a sad one to start with um shane mcgowan legend passed away at the age of 65 if you don't recognize that name he's the lead singer of the pogues yes yes uh, i had to look that up as well um yeah the pogues and like the, the the fairy tale in new york is basically synonymous with the, it's, it's like the anti-Christmas Christmas song, you know? I think it's my favourite Christmas song, and apparently a lot of the nation agrees, because yesterday people wouldn't shut the fuck up about apparently on ITV2 back in 2012 it was voted the nation's favourite Christmas song. And I think that's because they don't put it in the fucking Christmas loop in supermarkets, so you don't get sick of it. Yeah, yeah. Last time I think I heard it as a Christmas song in a Christmas, well, on the Christmas loop, was in Poundland, of all places. <laughs> And weirdly, this song has been full of controversy, hasn't it, Rick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Enlighten the viewers. Oh, well, they, well, yeah, both the characters in the song swear a lot because, and I say swear, they use the word faggot, they use the word slut, and they use the word arse. Yeah, yeah. But contextually, they're all fine. Yeah, two of them are in the same line as well. You scumbag, you maggot, you cheap lousy faggot. Merry Christmas, your ass. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a story. That's another thing I keep I keep having to mention on the show is I like songs that tell stories, and Fairy Tale of New York is very definitely a story just being sung. Mm, mm, absolutely. But yeah, the controversy I was talking about specifically was BBC One played a censored version from like ninety five to like two thousand one, which only BBC One in Enforced because B- uh, sorry BBC Radio One enforced because on BBC Radio Two and Radio Three they didn't. 
<laughs> it's, it was so fuck. It's so fucking weird to read about because it makes no sense, and it, it's one of those. Like, ah, uh, if you listen to the song, I don't see why you could be offended by it because you know it makes sense for the song. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, that being said, not just known for that. Um, I I know a bit of the Pogues work outside of that. I Dirty Old Town is a classic. I also mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's the best version of uh, Whiskey in a Jar, but that version of Whiskey in a Jar is very folksy and it's a good listen. I recommend anyone to hear it. Okay. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, um, yeah, sad. Uh, month away from his birthday. Yeah. So yeah, that's depressing. Rick, do you want to make fun of Elon Musk? <laughs> well, what's he done now? <laughs> Well, there's no real easy way to say it, so I'll just say it. Um, Elon Musk uh, had an interview, and this was written down in someone else's tweet, and I didn't believe it, so I looked up the interview, and yes, it happened. They were asking him about advertisers, and he said, advertisers can fuck off, including you, Bob Iger, which, oh, that's a fucking move. Oh yeah, so I did see this. Um, I think the actual term was uh, advertiser who have left X because he wouldn't call it Twitter can go fuck themselves. And this is in response to him saying something super anti-Semitic on um, on Twitter, and uh, and then saying eventually trying to backpedal, saying it wasn't the intention to appear anti-Semitic. Uh, no, this is a different thing. They were, in the clip I saw, it had no mention of anti-Semitism. They were just talking about Twitter and advertisers withdrawing. Yep, yep, fair enough. But yeah, the the advertisers withdrawing was because of that essentially. It's weird that this is the fucking straw that broke the camel's back because they're okay with all the other shit. Oh yeah, totally, totally, totally. But, you know, whatever. Um, It's one of those where... Oh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, and I can't imagine there's many people who don't know, but Bob Iger is the current... Uh, is it CEO of Disney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's an interesting move to actively say fuck off to this one particular person who controls where the advertising goes for Disney and if it's not your platform you're going to lose a lot of money yes <laughs> former and current CEO as well he was the CEO and then he left and now he's back again yeah because the guy in between is the guy who basically butchered the animation department by saying Disney's not animation yeah <laughs> so yeah hopefully we'll have a return to form under Bob Iger yeah well yeah, yeah no that's a nail in the coffin because if Disney Plus were Disney Plus if Disney were on the fence before they're sure as fuck not going to go in on it after being directly called out by a fuckwit. <laughs> yeah. I may have benefited from it slightly, but man, Black Friday can fuck off. Yeah. I still haven't done my Christmas shopping, which may be a, sh- may be a mistake because the things that I was going to buy may have gone back up in price, but oh well. Uh, I, I mean, I did my Christmas shopping two weeks ago because if I wait until next payday, I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason why I say Black Friday can fuck off is every single website I've ever made an account for that sells shit has bombarded my fucking email with saying Black Friday, Black Friday, which would be one thing. But all of them are doing this new thing where it's like, oh, who needs one day for Black Friday? We've got a whole weekend. No, fuck that. We've got a whole week. The whole mum! Yep, all of fucking November is Black Friday now, apparently. It's a fucking... It's a thing that started in America and it can honestly fuck right off. Because we live in the UK. We didn't have Black Friday. We still don't have Black Friday to the level of um, of uh, the Americans do. Because it, it runs um, analogous to um, uh, Thanksgiving, which is not a fucking thing we celebrate. Yeah, so Thanksgiving is like the third Thursday of the month in October, and Black Friday is the Friday after that Thursday. How the fuck are we getting messages about it at the end of November then? <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I, apparently it might be the fourth Thursday, but yeah, because there's always like four weeks in that month. So yeah, the idea is okay. Um, you do it that day, and everyone gets that day off, and then they get the day off after because it's like Boxing Day. Everyone's ex- expected to be so drunk that they need a um hangover day. Like, like Boxing Day or New Year's Day, so they get two days off. Yeah, it's like their equivalent of the Boxing Day sales. 
but even then, they were never mental here. Oh yeah, they were never mental here. But like, it's one of those over here. Boxing Day sales was oh yeah shit that was mostly intended for uh, selling before Christmas and selling at full price. Oh yeah, we want to um, you know have money to pay our people. So yeah, have a January sale. Let's it starts on Boxing Day. There we go. Which you know, <laughs> given the advent of online shopping nowadays, even that's starting to see a decline because it's like oh couldn't shift it. Okay, well we'll send it back to the warehouse and use it as online stock. Yep, 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 yep. But hey-ho, diddly-do. Rick, we're going to end on a classic segment. This is not a wrestling podcast. Oh boy, what's happened this week? I never really actually saw this coming, but CM Punk has joined the WWE again. Okay. So he got fired from AEW from basically instigating shit, and then at the end of Survivor Series, he just appeared, and now he's on the WWE television, and this now cements CM Punk as a hypocrite in my eyes. Yeah, because I remember you talking a little bit about him before. Yeah. So he swore he would never go back to WWE. He swore off wrestling, but everyone knew that was bollocks because wrestlers never swear off wrestling. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm never going back to WWE. They mistreated me. They did this. They did that. And then he went to AEW. And, oh, guess what? If you don't have a very strict structure backstage, CM Punk is a fucking monster. Uh, constantly yeah. fuck. But, but, it, it was a bit tit for tat, uh, to be fair to him. Like, the, the other side was instigating shit as well, but none of them instigated a fist fight, which I think is crossing a fucking line. Um, yeah, it is. And yeah, to be fair, in WWE there is a very strict backstage hierarchy. This is how things are done. You don't fucking do things outside of this. In which case, it's probably a better fit for him because he can't possibly start shit. But <laughs> oh, but I, I mean, I've I've never been a massive fan of CM Punk, and now it's just like ah. Pfft. I don't like this, but whatever. It's going to make WWE money, so they're going to do it. Mm, mm. All right, Rick. So, as we alluded to earlier, we're doing the first episode of Haley's Audit, a show you've championed for a while. Yeah, so episode one's called uh, Beginning of the Friend. If you'd like to join along with us at home, it's three, two, one, and go. Yeah, so we've started this twice just to see what the intro is. And my exact words to Rick were, is that a squid? (laughs) Yeah, it appears to be some kind of squid. Oh no! Oh, oh yeah, the bugs in the teeth. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I'd die. Someone's been playing too much Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, and it's bananas in Mario Kart, remember? True. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a thing. I remember the World Cup in Germany when they had the fucking octopus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the yeah, they got the squid to choose things on. Uh, it was an octopus, but and it had oh, it was an octopus. Yeah, but it had it had like a um a higher than normal success rate on like randomly choosing things. Well, I mean, the theory that some people put out was it was actually people who knew shit about football and they were making the flavor of the snack underneath the cup of the team they thought would actually win uh, a more appealing to the octopus. Okay. Uh, That was the theory, anyway. Uh, You also had this really awful moment where a bunch of Germany uh, Germany fans were like, we're going to kill that octopus because it predicted Germany would lose. (laughs) Fucking stupid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. Ow! I think they call that the scorpion. Mm. 
Oh, actual blood. Yeah. That's too real of a of a meltdown. It is, but however, that's a really cool birdhouse that she's made. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, oh, there's there's a thing you got to get, like, there's a lot of talented people who don't enter competitions literally because they're like, I can't handle if it's awful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at that obvious sprite that's not sprite. Oh, yeah, sprout. <laughs> I saw that coming. Wait, what? Yep. So I, I vaguely knew this before going in. Look at this badass. Wait, is that meant to be her from the future? Yeah, I think it is. Wait, so does that imply that she's going to do everything on this list? Yeah, if she does everything on the list, then she becomes a uh, super badass. Yeah. Good. That's always a good joke, isn't it? Yeah, where the uh, the recording leaves a pause for a. Uh... <laughs> like they did it in uh, Haluva Boss as well with uh, with Krim. Uh, Krim yeah, and yeah, Oz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is kind of Phineas and Furbish, in which you know they just come up with shit every week, but obviously hers is predetermined. Yeah, so it would seem. Okay, that's rad. That's so that document is so important that she borrowed it from the Smithsonian in her future. Yeah, apparently, even though it's her own. We've got a Terminator on our hands. Hmm. I don't know if she is her from the future because she had to have a phone call with herself from the future, which makes me think this is just one of her friends in the future. Okay, so this is one of the flunkies, yeah. I don't know that for sure. Okay. It's just what I'm surmising. And also, like, we're talking over exposition. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to miss some things. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's a classic uh, feminism poster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um the bicep. Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> It's a, it's a very um, Carl Pilkington way of looking at things, isn't it? 
<laughs> oh, fuck the <laughs> fuck off with the last surviving couple be a pair of pandas. Yeah, yeah. As if they'd stay together, you know, for more than like a third of a second. Uh, why didn't you just leave the ticket? <laughs> My days, I've not seen that done in ages. <laughs> We've all I saw done it, then it yesterday. Um, on on Imager, like someone was doing it onto someone who was asleep on a plane, giving them duck clips while they were sleeping. That's fucked up. <laughs> Can we just talk about how epic that fucking Ninja Star pen was? It was pretty good. Now that she knows about it. That sounds a lot like Mushu. It does a bit. I, hi shock. I highly doubt it's Eddie Murphy, but <laughs> wouldn't that be wild? It no longer sounds like Mushu. It sounded like Mushu for the first two words, but... Yeah, it sounds slightly like King Shark. Or the Harley Quinn King, King Shark, at least. Well, I assume so, because it don't fucking sound like Sylvester Stallone. No. <laughs> and or Jake the Dog. <laughs> yeah. Man, one of my favourite jokes in Justice League Dark, Dark, apart from the fact that um, uh, King Shark is Constantine's ex, is throughout the movie he just says King Shark is a shark because that's his gimmick. And just before the Suicide Squad does the big Suicide Last Stand thing, King Shark just goes, Gentlemen, it has been an honour fighting beside you. And it just cuts to Captain Boomerang going, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing worse than miscellaneous goo. No, there isn't. Could you imagine being trying to be a serious, intimidating figure, but any time at command, someone pokes your belly and you're like, I love you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that got me. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck was that? Was that real? That's fucked. So it's like the death note. Yeah. <laughs> Except, you know, if you, um, anything that you fail, just 
brings about the destruction of the universe. Yeah, yeah. It's or like, at least global of, warming. Instead of, yeah, well, that's destruction of the world as we know it, which might as well be the fucking universe. Um, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> uh, it's like the Death Note, but instead of magic, it's techno bullshit, which is basically magic. Yeah. Would it not be wild if one of your mates could just randomly enter your room at will from the window? Well, I mean, that was basically the um, one of the plot points of uh, Clarissa Explains It All. I don't know what that is. Okay, it was a it was a 90s show where the actress who played Sabrina the Teenage Witch was just a teenager. Oh. And it was just a show about growing up. Sure. Like, for real, out of all the things in her list, it feels like kissing this dude might be the... Alright, okay, I get it. If you've not gone for it before, it's probably a bit difficult, but it's like, they clearly have a mutual... Maybe not attraction, but, like, friendship, kinship. Yeah, they definitely like each other. Hurley. It's going to be an analogy for fucking parkour, isn't it? Yeah. What the fuck's a... Uh, okay. Well, she just said they're disgusting, but what the fuck's a Keith bar? Well, I'm assuming it's going to be like a... Something... Some, like, crap bar, I assume. It's okay, Rick. I have a phone to look at. <laughs> Get fucked, little dude. <laughs> uh, here's the problem: is I don't know how they spell that. I I tried it. Keith was... is in teeth, and uh, it just brought up a bar <laughs> in fucking Chicago. Fair enough. I'm assuming it's a uh, a bland name product, and they don't actually exist. Toby Keith's "I Love This Bar and Grill" is on Wikipedia. <laughs> oh no, he's going to need to get one Keith chocolate There's no way they're talking about this It's cacao bits Fair enough Alright, I'm done I, I haven't been able to find whatever the fuck they were looking for Then again, as a kid They probably would think that something like that is disgusting Yeah, but he also said it was a big king size bar yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Man, don't... F like, you're saying... That, ugh. Anyone who can walk off a fucking mule kick is uh, is not human. Yeah, super tough, yep. <laughs> no, ma no matter how young you are. <laughs> That's actually a cool pick. It actually was, yeah. If you got the balls to stand up during a log flume. Yeah. Man, I remember when the log flume got stuck, which is the weirdest thing because there's only one mechanical fucking bit and that's the bit up to the fucking fall. Um, yeah. And it was just like, <laughs> it was so wild because we were like six logs behind. 
There was two that were stuck on the conveyor, and they were like, fuck this. They stood up and went on the little stairs next to the conveyor. But um, it was just like, what the fuck are we meant to do, motherfucker? <laughs> mm. So I didn't know that log flume was a thing outside of the ride. Apparently it's just what they use in as, as lumberjacks to just, you know, move logs in the sawmill. I also didn't know this. Man, the log flume at Fort Park don't exist no more, and that depresses me. Does it not? Oh, man. It's <laughs> shot down. Oh, no, his, his heart's been broken. Mm. Oh god, this is totally a thing today's youth has to deal with, isn't it? Yeah. Here's the friend who is a streamer, but they're not really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the local celebrity streamer. Like they did the they, they did it in um, Ms. Marvel as well. Yeah, but in Ms. Marvel they have superheroes. Yeah. So I can imagine there's a lot of people who got big just because one time they streamed Spider Man saving a cat. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this they've also got time travel, but they just don't know it yet. Well, only one person knows that, and they're not the one recording it. Yep. Okay, so the Chaos Bots have uh, evolved from trying to just destroy the list to murder. Yup. What's he going to do? <laughs> oh, I was expecting him to, like, freak out. Oh, that's too real. Yeah, just go on break. Not my problem no more. Right, let's not beat around the bush right now. That takes some bollocks. It takes a lot of strength as well, because, you know, centripetal force is a big deal. And that's death. Like, yeah. she, she is dead now. There's no way... That, and so is that guy. Just got stepped on on the chest. Yep. <laughs> is it just me, or are you getting catcher vibes? A little bit, yeah. Isn't it a bit of a flaw that the only escape button is on the middle of the ride, but they have no attendant standing by it? Not escape, emergency stop. Mm. I know, right? <laughs> no. No. Oh, at least she knew it happened. She's just going to go in for a snog, right? Hmm. Well, if there is not a better setting. Yeah, get her done. 
See, I think Scott's just being a, fr- a good friend here, but at the same time, it's like, what a winky dink. Oh no, that's also too real. Oh yeah, the snot-nosed kid. Uh, it's the squeaky-voiced teen who is forced to dress in a stupid costume for minimum wage. Yeah, yeah, the burger fool. Well, this is a better tunnel of love than Hootie's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, Hootie made it in, like, four minutes. Point conceded. And he had to do all the music himself. <laughs> <laughs> Hoot, hoot. <laughs> I mean, he was also the boat. Yes. <laughs> Just do it. Oh no, that oh no. Oh, oh, oh no. no, right on his face. <laughs> she mama birded it, oh boy. No oh ooh, <laughs> he is such a like fucking it, geek. I love him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, only. Rick, our birthdays are only six months apart. That apparently means we have a lot in common. Yeah, yeah, just on different years. Yeah, that's fine. It feels like Scott just goes with the flow for more, more often than not, right? Yep. <laughs> I love that look. That implies that Scott, that's the first time she's ever hit him and legitimately hurt him. Hmm. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Dude, bro, come on. You've got literally a year. <laughs> she does, yeah. Oh, fuck. He is literally a puppy dog. Oh, yeah, she ain't fucking around today. Are the Chaos Spots going to accidentally win, Beta? Jeez. She's Amy Rose now. Yep. (laughs) Hammer Space. I am fueled with righteous fury. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!
I mean, I thought the implication was he was just going to steal one, but um, yeah. On the bro- <laughs> if you're going to bang a toe, little toe's the one you want to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. If, if, like, although it is the one that's going to hit something at full force. Yeah, but eh, you're going to feel it less because, you know, most people live most of their lives with a broken little toe without realising it. Yeah, true, true. It's, it's one of those where it's broken more times than it isn't. <laughs> That's a that's a weird fact that I can't remember where I picked up. So weird, in fact, that it might be bollocks. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, but yeah, that was Haley's on it. Rick, was it worth the wait? Um, maybe not worth the wait, but I'm still gonna watch it. I enjoyed it. It's more Phineas and Ferb than Owl House in terms of heart. But then again, the Owl House didn't have the most amazing few first episodes. It wasn't real t- really till the end of season one that it became amazing. I mean, uh, uh, even even comparing it to Phineas and Ferb, by no account think that that is an insult because Phineas and Ferb is an actually a pretty decent show. Oh yeah, yeah. It's- it's, it's a decent show, it's beloved, it got a movie, and is, uh, like, pretty well beloved by Disney, I think. I believe it got both a Marvel and a Star Wars crossover. Yes. But how about you? What do you reckon? Yeah, it was fine. I don't know if I'm as high on it as you are, but uh, it was certainly a fun watch. I don't regret any of the 20 minutes. I probably want to watch this again without having to talk over it. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I feel like, especially in the early part, we uh, we missed some key details with the time travel talk. Uh, like, we're not even enti- entirely sure if that woman was Haley from the future or not. I don't think it is, but if someone said it was, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, they, they call her the professor, apparently. Okay, sure. Anyway, let's get to our usual wind-down, shall we? Do you have a favourite moment? My- my favourite moment was the first appearance of the Professor. Like This was like the, the moment that cemented this show as, oh boy, actually things are happening, instead of just being a teen drama. Yeah, although they've clearly got the teen... Clearly the teen drama of at least the first series is uh, Hayley angsting over how she's going to uh, kiss Scott now that she, he's uh, with another woman. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, as far as character designs go, 10 out of 10 for Professor. She's a very interesting look. Yeah, yeah. How about you? What's your favourite moment? My favourite moment was right at the end when Haley was like, oh, you picked a fucking bad moment, fellas. And reminded yes. us that despite being a turbo nerd, she still got sick ninjutsu skills for some reason. Yeah, we don't know why. <laughs> but hey, I'm not going to complain. That being said, we can't only talk about the good, we also have to talk about the bad. So with that in mind, Rick, do you have a weakest link for me? Well, to be honest, it's not really from the show. It's just a meta one that it took so long to come out in the UK. There is no reason for it to have been delayed, and this is basically the same weakest link that I share with the ghost of Molly McGee. Well, Rick, there's two things. Don't forget, we it took even longer because you didn't have Disney Plus when it came out over here, so the delay wasn't as long as you think it is. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But even now, Disney Plus doesn't have the uh, the, the latter half of the season that's on, uh, on the American side. But I was about to say, there's really no excuse these days to have non-simultaneous releases. Yeah, yeah. How about you? What was your weakest link? Us in that um, I'm sure this episode was great but it's very annoying that uh, as a first episode it was throwing a lot of information at us and unfortunately due to the format of the podcast we can't digest the information as effectively as we probably should be sure I feel you I feel you like the fact we're still umming and ahhing over whether the professor's Haley or not it it shouldn't be happening (laughs) yeah it was my it was my assumption that she was and like it's kind of implied that it's very definitely not but oh well I mean I just don't know why she'd give the phone of 
Haley talking to Haley if she wasn't Haley. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, last but not least, who's your MVP? I'm going to give it Haley's voice actress because uh, she she knocked it out of the park here. It's uh, Auli Carvalho. She's uh, also the voice actress for Moana, so very definitely a um, a Disney A-lister now um, from Moana, not from this. So yeah, I'm giving it to her. How about you? Who's going to be your MVP? I'm going to give it to Scott for being there. Yeah, he's, he's a very good character to bounce off of and just always be there, both narratively and, you know, in story. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a traditional puppy dog character. He's obviously going to be the main focal point of the first half of this season, at least, where mm-hmm. even if he's not actively assisting Haley, he's always just going to be showing up at random moments to remind us that, yes, kissing this dude is on her list and she needs to do it. He doesn't even necessarily have to be the final love interest of the uh, of the show. It's just uh, he's clearly going to be um, that element this early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. But yes, that brings us to a close. Uh, thanks for watching as always. If you're watching on YouTube, we've got the comment section down below if you want to give us a word or suggest future content. Alternatively, if you're not watching via YouTube but instead listening via one of our many audio platforms, you can instead send us an email at nonsensereviewuk at gmail.com once again then it's nonsensereviewuk at gmail.com yes 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 so if you made it this far you're our favourite people and we'll see you next week for something a bit more Christmassy bye guys ta